0: Hey, what's going on everybody? I'm Kyle Clay Richards and welcome to Underdog Mentality. It's the sports podcast where we tackle unique topics by looking between the numbers at the human side of the game. Listen, I know it's been a while since we've talked. I've had a lot going on the last couple of weeks. I think I probably mentioned it in the previous episodes, Uh, but just to give you a quick recap of why I've been gone. My good friend Charlie got married uh, a couple weekends ago and my girlfriend and I were happy enough to travel out there uh, so that I could be in his wedding as one of his groomsmen the wedding was gorgeous i loved richmond i'm so happy for my friend charlie and his his brand new wife sarah Uh, they seem very happy together and i know they had a really fun honeymoon in canada for like i don't know like over a week so congrats to them very happy for them and i was also excited to go out to the east coast again you know i love it out there Um, never been to richmond like i said so it was kind of cool to explore that town a little bit I got my first experience at a true barber shop. You know, I got a nice fresh fade and they gave me a, you know, straight razor shave on my face and even got the hot towel treatment. You know, I got the whole nine yards, so that was pretty cool. Um, so I had a really great time in Richmond. The wedding was great. And then we uh, took a little road trip up to Washington, D.C. and spent like five hours walking around the, the National Mall. And that was very cool getting to see the uh, Vietnam War Memorial, uh, the Lincoln Memorial, Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial, you know, the Korean War Memorial, like all of the memorials. Uh, and you know, me being an architecture nerd, I got to see a lot of the buildings I learned about in school. And that was always, you know, that was definitely a highlight of the trip for me. But um, got to see the White House, the Capitol building, the National Monument, obviously, and just like everything out there is just so cool. Everything seems so high scale but I definitely want to go back and spend like four whole days and actually go to museums and spend hours in there looking at all the artwork and learning about all the things. You know, I was kind of hoping that grandpa Joe would come out of the white house and say, Hey, how's it going folks? But definitely didn't get one of those. Uh, still a very cool experience. Uh, after Washington DC, we traveled up further North to, I guess, sort of North, you know, Northeast over to New Jersey over on the coast and just kind of hung out and you know hit some breweries hung out with some friends and family over there uh, and it was just a really good time all around but that wasn't even it you know we we came back from our trip my girlfriend brought her mom over to Idaho for the first time she got to go and see some of the sites like you know Yellowstone National Park obviously went to Grand Teton and, and hiked part of uh, Jenny Lake at the base of the Tetons you know very gorgeous areas that are very different from New Jersey she's used to like you know coastal you know beachy areas zero sea level but she really loved it out here and then she made it back in one piece which is always a good thing but man i swear i feel like this summer and kind of going into fall here i've been traveling so much and it's still not even over yet Uh, i think for halloween weekend me and my girlfriend and a couple of friends are going to go up to the university of idaho and catch a football game uh, but the night that we get in on Friday, we're going to go to a basketball game at the brand new ICCU Arena. I've seen so many videos about this building. And, you know, like I said, I'm a building nerd. And so I cannot wait to get out there and see that, that facility and watch a game in there and see what that's all about. But finally, once that trip is over, I will have a lull in vacation time. I've literally maxed out my PTO Uh, But my next trip doesn't happen until about February. So I'm hoping in that time I can put together some really good content. And actually, on that note, I have a lot of really cool updates about the podcast. In my travels recently, I happened to make some pretty cool connections that uh, might bring some opportunities for the podcast to have some really cool guests on the show. I've also had uh, the CEO of Symbol reach out to me and offer to be on a podcast episode to talk about sort of the underdog mentality in the symbol marketplace, you know, the stock market mixed in with sports knowledge. Uh, So a couple of opportunities that have really got me antsy to figure out a sort of a a method to do a guest show podcast uh, where I can not compromise on any audio quality, maybe add a video element, whether it's a live show on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, You know, I really want to just make sure it's polished before I do one. So I'm going to probably do some test runs and maybe get some volunteers to help me out along the way. Because once we get that all squared away, I'll be having guests on all the time. And I think that's how this thing can really grow. So I guess it's safe to say that things are happening. I'm really excited with where things are going. But it's time to dive into this next episode of the Underdog Mentality. We've got a really good one for you. We're going to talk about sports. No way. Get out of here. We're going to talk about sports? Yeah, we are. And uh, we're going to talk about how skills from some sports can translate to other sports. And then also talk about how sort of the growth and development as a player in one sport can affect your game in a very positive way. So, without further ado, let's jump right in. Let's talk about basketball for a second. So, the three-point shot is obviously a very popular thing sometimes to a fault. You know, when you're watching your favorite team play, it seems like they're jacking up threes almost every other time down the floor instead of taking high-percentage shots. Well, take a look at Steph Curry. You know, he he has taken full advantage of three-point shots uh, because, you know, three-pointers really revolutionized the game. It spread the floor out more. It made teams think a little bit more about how they go about their offense. But Steph Curry has taken advantage of it to the point where he's literally broken video game algorithms because – He's so good at high difficulty shots that the algorithm doesn't know how to say when any shot of his is bad. And so NBA 2K had to totally revamp their system to make it accurate for players who are that elite and that lethal from beyond the arc. So three point shots really do make the defense spread out a lot more, which creates gaps in the defense and makes it easier for players to cut through and get open for a layup or something like that. Uh, So not only have three-point shots like revolutionize the game of basketball from an offensive perspective, but I think it's also revolutionized the game from like a defensive perspective because teams are having to get more creative in how they defend these uh, really widespread offenses with, you know, four and five players who can, you know, the, you know, the four man and the five man, excuse me, uh, those guys can shoot shots from outside. So they have to get really creative with how they do their, their help defense. When a guy cuts through, who's going to swing over, Um, and so it's, it's been very interesting to kind of watch that develop, especially now that, you know, Steph Curry is, he is an icon when it comes to the three point shot, he is making all these kids grow up to want to be three point shooters. You know, I bet you just because of him, there's a lot of kids in, in like city league games and like, you know, YMCA games that are shooting crazy long three pointers without the skill or the development to be able to do so just because their idol is Steph Curry, just like somebody doing a turnaround fadeaway and yelling Kobe. Uh, so He's definitely revolutionized the game when it comes to the three pointer, but there are some players who don't have that skill innately. It's not something that they grew up with. You know, Steph Curry's been a point guard his entire life, probably. Uh, You know, right now in the NBA, he stands at like, what, six foot three, six foot four? Still a pretty big dude, but growing up in like middle school and high school and even college, he was one of the smaller players on the team. So naturally, they put him at the point guard position. Something that really raised my eyebrows, um, I actually listened to a post game show. When the Lakers clinched the number one seed in the West, I think this is like last year or a couple years ago when they won the championship uh, by a couple years. I mean, a couple seasons ago because <laughs> that was really just over a year ago when they won it. But Robert Ori was talking and he touched on something I've never really thought of. So players who you know when they're younger, they're smaller, obviously, like freshman in high school, sophomore in high school, something like that. Um, they're just smaller, just just because of nature. That's how it works, <laughs> but. He was talking about how Anthony Davis, in particular, when he was younger, he was a small guy and he played point guard. Uh, I think his freshman, freshman, freshman—wow, freshman and sophomore years—and then he had a crazy growth spurt. He grew like seven inches over a summer. And I think I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but you know, I have a friend who had that happen to him. Uh, Dallas, you know, one of my best buds, he had a crazy growth spurt to the point where he was having growing pains, like in aches, on just laying on the couch in pain and couldn't move because he grew so much. Like his back, his body couldn't keep up with it, you know what I mean? Well, Anthony Davis, who's an aspiring basketball player, at a young age had this growth spurt after he had already developed these point guard skills. You know, probably a lot of quickness, passing abilities, dribbling abilities, shooting abilities, uh really running the running the offense, you know, from the top. So, a lot of skills that many many big men do have these days. But this is just a very unique take on it because he grew up as a point guard. Then he had these mass, this massive growth spurt, and he's now a big man who probably played a four or a five in high school and in college, obviously. But he had the point guard skills still at that size. He knew how to dribble. He knew how to to pass the ball. He had the sort of the court awareness as of a point guard, like the floor general, where you can see the whole offense, see the whole floor, and see things develop in front of your eyes. Obviously, a lot of other players have that too. But when you're a point guard, I feel like you, you're you running the offense. You're really telling guys where to go, especially at your, in your younger years, in high school and college and things of that nature. So later in Anthony Davis's high school career, he was a big man who had the little man game. And because of that, he was able to keep that long-distance shot. He's, he is a three-point shooter. He can be effective from that distance. Uh, but he also then started to learn the, the postman skills, the big man skills where you have to have strength and kind of like post a man up and back him down and you learn the shimmy shake and all the different moves down low, which is very different from a point guard. A point guard is a lot of lateral quickness, dribble moves to create separation and cutting and passing through the lane. And so now you have a guy who's got that, those point guard skills. He's got these big man skills. He's kind of a unicorn. You know what I mean? I, and the way, one way I can compare this is like, I'm a web designer, right? I design and build websites, but I happen to know a lot of code. So I, I grew up at, Wanting to be a creative person, I like to design things, I'm a thinker, and so I'm a web designer. But then I got some experience with code, and not a lot of designers know how to code. And because of that, I'm a more effective web designer slash front-end developer, so I'm more valuable to our team because I can provide more skills than just the basic designer. But with Anthony Davis, you know, the crazy thing is that he didn't have to adapt his gameplay to fit the revolutionizing three-point shot he developed himself because of his growth. Honestly, he was able to develop into being a good three point shooter, but then also being strong down low with, you know, good post game layups, dunks. And then you got like the drop steps, different other power moves and dunking on dudes, you know, just throwing his weight around really. But a guy who can also step out to the three point line and hit it when you need him to. But let's be honest, really, Anthony Davis's bread and butter is his mid range game. He's unstoppable there, but he can hit threes too. And then it reminded me of actually one of my high school teammates. He was a point guard, the starting point guard, actually, when I was playing freshman ball. And over the course of the next couple of years when I was in high school, he actually had a big growth spurt too. And he ended up playing not so much of the point guard. Like, I think he would actually run the offense still, but they could put him into like three man and four man positions because he had more height, and and it kind of makes a uh, team a lot more versatile and a lot more unpredictable when you have a player that can fill many roles. And, you know, at that age, you're not really watching a ton of film. You're, you're not really studying the game as much, and, you know, maybe some kids do, but that's not what it was like for me when I played. So, you know, teams coming in to play you who may not know your game at all, you can really catch them off guard with a player that can do multiple things. And this is the exact reason why the NBA is kind of a positionless sport anymore, because point guards can run the offense and do all this stuff, but they can also do have post-game, uh, mid-range game that kind of it changes the role of what a point guard normally is traditionally, you know, as being a passer and a facilitator. Uh, but then you have these big guys who can shoot the ball and, uh, you know, so it, really the one, two, three, four, and five positions don't really mean anything anymore because players can do multiple of those things. It really blurs the lines. And so it kind of makes me wonder, you know, makes me want to question like, like, what do you do in your daily job that sort of blurs the lines of what your role is? And going back to my my example where I'm a designer that has coding experience, when I'm working with other designers, they kind of are surprised when I open up some, a coding program and do some custom styling, like some CSS and stuff like that. Things that they have never seen before, never even wanted to touch because it was intimidating. And I'm like, and this is why I get paid more than you, (laughs) you know? So I, I ask you, what do you do in your daily job that blurs the lines? Like, how are you kind of pushing the envelope and being different from what that position is supposed to be? I actually do want to hear your response to that because I can create a little segment ab- about it if I get enough submissions. So if you go to anchor.fm slash abstract sports slash message, you can record a message and I can even play it on the next podcast and then I can answer it and kind of use that as a, a segment on, on the show. So go ahead and do that. I'll also put the link to that in the description and maybe I'll make a uh, you know a, a short URL that'll make it easier to say on the air next time. But Definitely send me your messages and I will read them. I will respond to them. And after the break here, I will answer the question from last week. All right, let's take a time out and hear a word from our sponsor. All right, welcome back to the show. Now to answer the question from last week's episode, do you have a favorite sports team and why? So I didn't receive any submissions, and I'm upset. I'm actually crying right now. Uh, Just kidding, but please answer the question from this episode. I put it in before this ad. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to answer that question. So my favorite team in sports and why? It's the Lakers, okay? And it's because when I – and I feel like I've told this story a million times, so here it is again. I was hoping to pepper in some other stories around this, so just, I guess you get to listen, listen to my story and, and deal with it. Um, I'm being salty. You can, you can definitely hear that in my tone, I hope. But my favorite team is the Lakers because when Kobe came in the league in like 96, 97, somewhere in there, I didn't really know who he was. I was a Bulls fan at the time because I loved watching MJ. I loved the the uh, the intro music they played when they came out for their introductions for the finals. That just got me amped and it gives me chills every single time. So I was a big Bulls fan, and then I heard about this Kobe guy and I'm like, wait, he's only 18. He came in at 18. My oldest brother, he's he's only he's almost 18. So by the time I'm as old as my oldest brother, I can be like Kobe. Holy crap, I better start playing more basketball. And so that kind of sent me down this huge inspirational, like basketball mode where I, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. That was my my goal. Kobe was my idol. Uh, But obviously, may he rest in peace. He's done a lot for me, honestly, growing up. And and even today, I, I pull inspiration from him and the things that he's done, he did in his life all the time. And so anyways, that's why I'm a Lakers fan, because basically Kobe was around the same age as my oldest brother. And I could be a professional basketball player at that age. And it really pushed me. And so I became a Lakers fan from that day on. And obviously, I've been spoiled. You know, I've got to witness like five championships <laughs> you know growing up and also in my adult years um, so thanks to Kobe and obviously Shaq and Powell and Andrew Bynum and Derek Fisher and all the other guys that helped out with all those championships but um, big Lakers fan no connection to the LA area but spoiler I might get to catch a Lakers game at Staples Center in February against the Knicks before I go on this cruise so looking forward to that that's my answer to that question now, I bet you wish you answered that segment so I could put it on the podcast, didn't you? Well, you didn't. So answer this the question. I'll, I'll even repeat it here again. The question for this episode that I want you to submit your response to is this. In your day-to-day job, how is what you do blurring the lines of what your role is? You know, How are you pushing the envelope? How are you trying to make your position more than just what it is uh, and trying to make it better? but maybe that it's kind of an open-ended question but that's the question see the link in the description to leave leave your voice message and I will add it in the next episode and make a little segment about it all right back to the regularly scheduled content so we already talked about players who have developed a skill set throughout their careers due to just growth and their natural trajectory towards the pros but we haven't talked about those players who have developed skills that can translate from sport to sport. And you see this not all that often. And a lot of times it has to do with football, whether it's a football player going and doing something else um, or, you know, somebody going to football and, you know, it's very interesting how a lot of these skills kind of translate from one to the other. A lot of these professional athletes, they played other sports when they were in high school. And then when they went to college, they kind of had to narrow in on the one sport. And so, you know, maybe they skipped college, like LeBron James, for example. He would make a great tight end in the NFL, probably with those hops um, and his size and everything. And, and so, you know, that's one example of a missed opportunity, but there was a chance where uh, Jerry Jones actually offered him a contract. And so did Pete Carroll with the Seahawks. Could you imagine if that happened? Holy cow, the people would be going crazy. But just to name some players who have made that switch, uh, I think that might be interesting to kind of hear and talk about. So one that everybody kind of thinks of is Bo Jackson. He was like an all-star MLB player. He was a baseball player, uh, one of the best outfielders in the game. And then he went and played football for like four years with the Raiders. And he was like probably the best running back in those four years until he literally ran himself into early retirement via injury. He had his hip injury and uh, his career stopped there. But you know, career cut short, but man, that guy was impressive. I wasn't alive when he was playing. Maybe I was, but I was very, very little. So I don't really have the same appreciation for people who are watching back then. But um, he's one guy that always comes to mind. He's kind of like the man, the myth, the legend sort of thing, because I only know so much about him, but I know that he was good at many things. Another player that comes to mind is Dion Sanders. Uh, this guy actually played a football game in the NFL, and an MLB game in the same day. So he literally went from a football game to a baseball game. Could you imagine that? Like, what a life that must be. And I remember, like, I've seen pictures of him, like, coming off the plane, like, you know, in the hustle and bustle, trying to get there for warm-ups and everything. And it's just crazy to think that a player was able to do that. And there wasn't, like, a, a non a non-compete or something like that where you can't play for another team while you're playing for us, even if it's in another sport. Uh, but that obviously doesn't happen that often, so I imagine it wasn't in his contract. <laughs> but then you have players like Michael Jordan, who played in the NBA, had uh, you know finished off a three-peat with the Chicago Bulls, and then he decided to step away from basketball and go play baseball for a minor league team affiliated with the Chicago White Sox, I believe. And apparently the story is that he wasn't all that great there, um, and then it was, it was short-lived, and then he, he went and did Space Jam, And then he came back and, you know, finished off another three-peat. And, you know, that's just crazy to me that a player can do that. And, you know, he he went and took time off, went and played baseball. Totally different sport. Totally different um, conditioning, you know. And then he comes back, builds himself back up, plays as the number 45 when he jumps back into the season, and then builds his way up to go do do another three-peat. That just blows my mind. Obviously, it's not a one-man game. But the fact that a guy can go away from a sport, come back in, and still be the best in that sport—it blows my mind. Like these guys on the other teams haven't got the hint that if you put your body, mind, and soul into what you want to do and you want to be good at something, that you're gonna be a lot better. And then he comes back and just whoops their asses again, all over again. Just it's crazy to me. And then just some quick ones, you know. I, I mean, I want to talk about why I think this is fascinating. You know, what what goes into this skill translation from sport to sport. But Tim Tebow, you know, he went and played for the the Mets under or or minor league affiliate for a while, got a lot of hate for that. And it was actually like the second episode of the podcast when I got this thing started up. I kind of couldn't understand why people were hating on him for pursuing a dream of his to play professional baseball. Um, You know, a lot of these players, they see it as a challenge to go try something professionally that they've never done. A lot of people think they only get in because of their connections and their marketing that can bring to their teams and selling of jerseys, you know, things like that. But this is a guy who's actually qualified to do it. If he, if he proves himself in tryouts and they move him along, I would hope that that process is pretty, uh, you know, structured and rigid. And if they get through that, why shouldn't they be able to play? You know, they're athletes. A lot of these people have skills that go from one area to the next for a lot of different reasons, honestly. Then you have players like Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, both quarterbacks in the NFL currently. When they got drafted into the NFL, I believe they were also drafted into the MLB, forcing them to make the decision if they want to play football or baseball. And obviously, they both chose football, probably a good choice. Uh, but if you're know if you looking at the numbers and everything, how good they've been, you know, football is obviously a good choice. But if they had gone to baseball, how would that have changed the outlook of their careers? We'll never know. And then this one here kind of leads into a whole different thing. But Steph Curry, the other sport I see him play a lot is golf. And he gets invited to these like celebrity golf matches and stuff. And he's actually supposed to be pretty good. Like professional golfer golfers will, uh, they they vouch for him in saying that he's actually a very good golfer. But then again, all these other professional professional athletes are all golfing. You know, it's, it's the expensive hobby. These players have money. And they want to go try golf. You know, have you seen Charles Barkley's swing? Oh my gosh. Like I, my golf swing looks so much better than his, but you know what? More power to him. And you know, there's a, there's a lot of players in other sports that play golf. Like, I you know, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady get out there and do those celebrity golf matches too. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a skill translation. Like um, maybe it is, you know, the hand-eye coordination and the consistency, the muscle training, the muscle memory. Um, all very apparent in all those people, um, but golf, man, I, I have respect for people who can be good at that because it is frustrating. It's very difficult, um, and we'll probably have some episodes about that down the road. But honestly, what it all boils down to when it, when you see a player going from a sport to a different sport is kind of the fundamentals of sports, things that involve like agility and um, endurance and muscle memory and training and practice. You know, every sport has practice. You can always get better with a little bit of practice every day. And hand-eye coordination. You know, think about all the different things that your mind, body, brain, everything has to be paying attention to when you're swinging at a golf ball, for example. A lot of those same things happen when you're trying to retrieve a bounce pass from a, from your teammate or if, as a receiver trying to catch a pass out of the air from the quarterback. Or if you're looking at the quarterback position, trying to – hit the target in the right location where it's away from the defender while they're on the move. And maybe while the quarterback's on the move, there's a lot of different factors that come with athletes from all different sports that will translate to others because the goals are kind of the same. You have to have accuracy, speed, discipline, and you have to execute. And so I think those are really a lot of the main things that go into a skill translation from one sport to another, or really, you know, one, one thing any one thing to another is that you have the same skill set that matches up with two different things another example i can think of is like soccer players going to play football you know be kickers and that is something that i've talked about in a recent episode about my boss's son who's a field goal kicker now for a local high school team who used to be a soccer player like he he thought soccer was what it was all about the the local high school team reached out and asked if he wanted to try out for the team he got the spot and then he got really big about it and loved the, the competitive nature of trying to get as good as possible at, and consistent as possible at kicking long distance field goals and constantly training yourself to do it efficiently on your own, but then also do it efficiently with real game atmosphere, with pressure, with the clock, with the crowd. But yeah, going back to the fundamentals of what it means to be a field goal kicker, you know, you have to have a strong leg. This kid came from soccer. Obviously, they have strong legs, and they're trying to kick a ball into a goal, whereas with football, there's a little bit of a different dynamic. You have to get the ball up in the air and over the crossbar, keep it in between the uprights, whereas with soccer, it's kind of the opposite. You want to keep it down and in between the uprights. (laughs) So, yeah, very interesting how a lot of sports have all the same fundamental aspects to it that um, we don't really tend to think of all that much, uh, but it's actually very much apparent when you start thinking about it. So anyways, I think that does it for this episode. I think I kind of stumbled through this one after a couple weeks of being off, uh, traveling and all that. And I definitely plan to have an episode each week moving forward until February. That's my goal. I don't think I have anything else that can interrupt me. And I just got to be diligent and consistent and continue to put out content for you guys. But once again, I do plan to have a scheme set up to have guests on the show. So if you are interested in being on the show, feel free to get at me in any way you know how. You can find me on Twitter at kyleclay.com, spelled out that's K Y L E C L A Y D O T C O M. And once again, I am Kyle Clay Richards, and thank you for taking a minute to listen to The Underdog Mentality episode number six i hope you enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed it a lot like so much to the point where you want to subscribe so if you go to your favorite podcast platform including spotify apple podcasts anchor or anything like that uh, you can subscribe there and you'll get notified of any episodes moving forward and if you have a topic suggestion or a question you'd like me to answer on the show again just tweet me that's the best way to get a hold of me at kyleclay.com or you can go to abstractsports.com go to the podcast page and there's a form at the bottom of the page that you can fill out to submit your topic. Uh, But that does it for today. In the meantime, stay safe and be positive out there. Always be kind to one another and uh, I'll catch you in the next one.